Hey, welcome to Church Online. It is absolutely fantastic to have you with us again today. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, this is like take 37 for me today. Uh, having a shocker trying to record this. Hey, but it's all good. We're in this little season of the great turnaround. And we're talking about the but God moments in the Bible. The but God moments things. Things when things look like they're turning to custard, when things are looking like it's not going to happen, and going, what the heck? How are we going to get out of this? But God turns up and He turns things around in an absolutely incredible way. That God goes before us, He makes a way. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the story. We looked at uh, King David uh, when he was stuck in a cave. We looked at Joseph and how he goes from the uh, the prison. To the palace and just in one day God sorts it out, he redeems him. We looked at the story of Jonah and uh, getting swallowed by the great fish and the great turnaround and that. And today what I want to talk to you about the greatest turnaround moment in history, the greatest time, the greatest but God moment that you'll ever see and I'm talking about the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ changes everything it shifts everything for us and it is such a, such an important part of our christian theology and, and what we believe that jesus he died on the cross but he came alive he lives so that we might have so that we might live so that we might have salvation and today i want to look at a short passage in uh, acts chapter 13 and it's paul writing paul he's on one of his missionary journeys and he finds himself in this little town called Pisidian Antioch, which is up in, in modern-day Turkey. And he's on the Sabbath, and he's, um, he's asked to, to speak in, in the synagogue there. And so he gets up to speak, and he begins to explain to the people of the day of the time. He tells them the story of Jesus. And uh, we're going to pick up on that story in Acts chapter 13, verse 29. And it says this, when they had carried out all that was written about him, this is written about Jesus, they took him down from the cross and they laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. Here's your but God moment. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. And, and this is the resurrection story of Christ, which Paul is, is telling there. And uh, I know it's got Easter, you know, often we tell the resurrection story at Easter. But I think it's so critical in this little series we're doing on the Great Turnaround that we understand the resurrection power of Christ to change everything, to bring that which was dead and to bring it alive again. So I want to go through this verse, give you four quick points around it. So number one, it's when they had carried out all that was written about him. And the question is, what was written about him? Well, when we understand the Bible in the, in the Old Testament, there's all these promises, there's all these prophecies about Christ, about Jesus, the coming Messiah that point towards him. And the amazing thing is that Jesus fulfills them on the cross. You know, there's things like that his um, garment, that it wouldn't be divided up, but the guards would throw lots for it, that he would be pierced in his hands and his feet that he had received like a sword to his side, that he would be scourged, that he would be whipped, that he would rise again. There's all these different prophecies which Jesus fulfills at this time. And you, you kind of think when you're in the moment, you know, when Jesus is on the cross, it looks like the worst moment. And when there's chaos 
and when there's pain and when there's hurt, it's always that question, where is God in that? You know, when we walk through those moments and we go, come on, this can't be the plan. This can't be what God was, was all about. But right here in the midst of it, Jesus was fulfilling his calling. He was fulfilling his purpose. He was fulfilling the things which God had written about for him. See, when we see things from God's perspective, see, God's outside of time. He sees overall the beginning from the end. And so often we're caught in a moment. We're stuck in that moment going, ah, I can't see, you know, the wood for the trees. I can't see any way out of this. I can't see how this is working together for good. But God, he promises to look after us. He promises to work things out. You know, with the story of Christ, there's, there's this bloodline which goes from Adam right through to Christ. And, you know, it's significant. You know, in both in the book of Matthew and, and the book of Luke, they write about this bloodline. See, God, from God's perspective, he's working it out. Point number two, part of this verse. Then they took him down from the cross and they laid him in a tomb. And this is the disaster moment. This is the end. This is the, the, the death. He's dead and buried. Christ is placed in the tomb. There's a, there's a giant rock rolled over to seal the tomb. There's a couple of guards there. It's over. It's finished. It's, the worst. it's moments of darkness. There's darkness which covers the earth for three hours. And then Jesus, he, he's laid in that tomb for three days. And at this point, we, we think that everything's over that we're abandoned. Even Christ on the cross, he's, he's calling out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there's the sense of total abandonment, the sense of total loss. And even for the disciples, you know, they, they've scattered, they've, they've run, they've, you know, uh, Peter's denied Christ three times and they've, they've gone into hiding with everything which is happening there. See, they've, they've, they've hung out for Jesus for three years Great times, there's you know the miracles, there's the crowds, there's the healings. Now it seems to be all gone. Christ the Messiah, he's laying dead in a tomb. What good could possibly come of that? And then I also think of, you know, from Satan's perspective, you know, again, when, when Christ cries out on the cross, it is finished. You know, for Satan at the time, he, he's going, hey, it's finished, it's over, I've won. This is my victory moment. I have killed the Son of God. He's dead, he's buried in a tomb. And again, I want to go back to this genealogy, this bloodline of Christ, which, which goes right through. See, right through. See, Satan knew that of the coming Messiah. He knew that his head would be crushed by someone in this, in this bloodline. And right throughout, he does everything in his power to snuff out, to stop this bloodline coming. You know, when we read through the story of Moses and under Pharaoh, they're killing all the babies at that time, all the baby boys. They were put to death to stop this bloodline. You know, when Jesus was born, King Herod, again, he's having all the babies, the baby boys, put to death. And there's a couple of times in the history where it gets down to just one person left in the whole bloodline, that there's Ahaziah is one, Joash is another, and his, his nanny he saves him, runs out with him when all the brothers are killed at that, at that time. And we come here to the cross, 
and Satan's going, it's finished. I finally killed the Son of God. It's all over. I win at this point. Point number three, part of this verse. We hit the, but God raised him from the dead. Here's the great turnaround moment, the but God moment in the whole story. Here's Christ. He's crucified. He's laid in a tomb. But he doesn't stay there. There's resurrection power upon him. He comes out of that tomb. He goes down into Hades. He goes down into the depths of hell. And he takes the keys to death and hell from Satan. He comes down there and he sets the captives free. And because of that resurrection power, we have freedom. We have new life. We have forgiveness of sins. We have a way to get entrance to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross but God he raised him from the dead and the last part of the first point four and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem and what I love about this again Paul's telling us hey Jesus is alive he's been seen in many places at many times by many people See, it's not just a small story. This goes out right across the nation that Jesus is alive. He's seen by hundreds of people walking around, uh, talking with people, eating fish with them, walking through walls, appearing randomly. Jesus is alive. The resurrection story. And uh, Paul's talking about the resurrection says this. He says, if Christ has be not been raised, your faith is futile. But Paul had this undeniable belief that Jesus was alive and he dedicated his life to telling the people of Christ's resurrection. See, I think 2,000 years later, you know, I think people would have us believe, well, did it really happen? I mean, who really knows? It wasn't it written, the Bible written hundreds of years after these events? Or wasn't it, you know, didn't they make up the stories and it kind of got more and more embellished over time and Jesus was made more and more supernatural until they thought maybe he was actually God? Or, or, or maybe, you know, it was a, there was a political agenda behind it. Or, you know, maybe, I mean, the Da Vinci Code. Who knows? How can we believe what happened right back in those days? Well, can I tell you that you can have absolute confidence. You can have faith. You can have reason to believe in the resurrection of Christ, that he rose from the dead. There is incredible evidence around this. And when you see how people reacted and how Christianity spread, that the people who had sent, they believed. And the Bible was only written around 30 years after these events, so there would be people around at that time who could verify. They'd know if they were telling lies around this. They'd know somebody who had seen Jesus. There's a few different books which have been written around, uh, which helps us. Way better information than, than I can give you right here in this time. You know, there's the classic book by Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Lee Strobel's book, uh, The Case for Christ, is another brilliant book written around the case if, if it was to go to trial. There's the evidence, and he outlines all the different evidence around it. There's also um, a brilliant recent book which has been, been written by a guy by the name of David Bachman, Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. And he goes through all the eyewitnesses to Christ's resurrection and tells their story and, and what they were saying at the time around Christ. You can have faith based on good evidence and based on good reason that Jesus is alive. See, that's why 
Christianity flourished. It changed the world at that time. It turned history on its head. Let me finish this morning with, with another resurrection story. And I, I want to draw you uh, to the story of Lazarus. And uh, we, many of us would know the story of Lazarus who Jesus raises from the dead. And, and Lazarus, he was the brother to Martha and Mary. And they were good friends of Jesus. You know, Jesus had his disciples, um, but he also had friends outside of ministry. And I think we all need good friends outside of ministry, people who we can just hang with. And uh, Jesus would often turn up to Mary and Martha and Lazarus's house and, and Bethany and just, just hang with them. I mean, who wouldn't? From what we know, Mary was a brilliant cook. She loved spending time in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, Mary, she was definitely very friendly. Uh, later on, she anoints uh, Jesus's feet with oil and washes them with her hair so you know that's a fairly friendly move and Lazarus you know he's known uh, he dies and, and passes away and Mary and Martha they send a message to Jesus to come quick and, and they say the one that you love is ill and then the writer and of John in this passage he said and says that um, Jesus loved Mary and Martha so there's, there's this friendship there was this connection at this point and so Jesus gets this message but the the kind of the bizarre thing is like he hangs around where he is for a few more days and then he actually says to the disciples hey um, that Lazarus has passed away when he first says well you know he's sleeping the disciples are a bit confused about this and he explains it. no he's actually he's, he's dead and but he still hangs on for a few more days and he he ends up going to Bethany a couple of days later and um, Martha runs out to meet him and um, John 11 verse 21, it says this. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And I think in, in our faith, we, we know that it will rise again. We have belief that at the end, it will all turn around, that there's heaven to gain, that will rise again and we'll get new bodies and, and all that. And I'm excited about that. But I also love what Jesus does here. He says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he asks you, do you believe this yes lord she replies i believe that you are the messiah the son of god who is to who has come who's to come into the world and it's and it's a brilliant salvation statement a moment i believe that you are the messiah see all it takes is, is just a simple belief that jesus christ is the messiah that he carries resurrection power but jesus doesn't leave leave it there he goes to the tomb and he calls out, he says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, he, he, he comes alive. He walks out of the tomb. Four days, four days after being in the tomb, he comes alive. See, I believe in, in that, you know, that at the end of the days, everything's going to work out for good. That there's resurrection power in the end. But I also believe in the resurrection power now. That's the same, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us now. 
that there's moments of turnaround where we call on his name. There is salvation under his name, but there is also power to turn situations around. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. I also sometimes wonder when, when I read that story, I mean, why did he wait for four days? I think he, maybe he knew that he was going to spend three days in the tomb and thought, well, you know, let's just leave him for four days and just make sure that that all works out all right. And I think when he raises from the dead, that's, that's probably a fairly reassuring moment for them. Who knows? Just my little theory on it. In conclusion, hey, look, death has been swallowed up in victory. The resurrection power of Christ is there for it. But God raised him from the dead. And maybe in your situation, maybe it's not this week, or maybe it's not next week. Maybe it's, you know, further in the future. Or maybe it's not in this lifetime. But at some point, the resurrection power of God will come into your world. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. He will set you free. He will allow you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The same power, the resurrection power of God will course through your, your veins and you will become alive in Christ. And it just takes a simple prayer of saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe that you are alive. You are raised from the dead. And when you pray that prayer and accept it into your life, everything changes, everything shifts. And in the end, everything will be made all right. Let me just pray for you. Dear Lord, I thank you that you are the God of the turnaround. Lord, that you have still carry this incredible ability, this incredible power to make all things new. Lord, sometimes we see things just from our perspective. And I thank you, Lord, that you see things overall, that you have an overall perspective. Lord, I speak, Lord, your life and your goodness and your strength into people this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a brilliant day.